Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name's Mark Francis. I am once again your host for today, and I am very happy to be back in the seat. It has been several weeks since we have been able to release an episode. We took an intentional break. Um, you know, when you get through the entire season of going through interviews and hearing testimonies from our church body and how it relates to our focus last season, it was time just to put a pause and let's move on and have some different conversations. I am excited about what we're going to have a chance to talk about today. I have two of our elders in the room. I'm excited. I have Mike Thomas over here to my right, your left watching at home. Mike, how are you? Doing well. And I have Phil Cavell Mm -hmm. with us as well. Doing very well. Now, we're talking about how sometimes when elders have meetings together, there's just, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So (laughs) we've got two of you guys in the room today. And I'm going to help just moderate this conversation about the role of elders and the role of deacons. Before we get into that, guys, let's just, I want to get to know you guys first, because there there is still a lot of newer faces here who are attending fellowship, and you might be listening to this podcast for the very first time. And you're saying, okay, we have elders, that's great, but who are they? So, Mike, give us a quick rundown of how long you've been here at FBC, how long you've been an elder, what areas of ministry do you serve in? Let's just fire away. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I and our, well, two of our, our oldest two children moved here in 1992 and started attending FBC in 93, which is also when our youngest child was born. So we've been at Fellowship Bible Church since 1993, um, served in many areas in children's ministry and uh, youth ministry and um we're involved in community groups or many churches at the time. And so we've been involved in the life of the church. Um, and in 2006, the elders asked me to consider joining the elder team. And I prayed and we prayed about it. And that's how long I've been on the elder board wow. since 2006. You're also part of the leadership team for the global missions yes. ministry as well. Yes. Been with them since... Uh, probably about 94 hmm. had been working with the uh, global missions team. Uh, yeah. As well. yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot of friendships, a lot of relationships around the world. Um, it's been great. Yeah. And thank you for what you do. And so Phil, thank you for your service as well. So give us your background, your history, very similar to what Mike just yeah, shared. Fairly similar to uh, what Mike tr- shared. I have, uh, I've been in fellowship Bible church since around 1994. And uh, when I retired from the Air Force, I think 95 or so we joined. My first ministry leadership opportunity was in Front Royal, Front Royal, Virginia, where we had a uh, fellowship Bible church uh, prayer meeting. And that's still going on here at the church, hmm. has been for a long time. The, uh, the first uh, leadership, I suppose, would be the uh, mini church that I led. I took over from a a person who was not a member and uh, did not want to become a member. And I said, wait, this is a great church. I'm going to join. So I, I did. And uh, I think it was 95 or 96. I started leading a mini church, Mm -hmm. which are now called community groups. So if you go looking for mini churches on the website, you won't find them. You'll find community groups and they still are a very central part of our ministry here. Uh, I came on the elder board around 2000. 
but I'm not sure exactly when. I just, the only way I could find was to go back and see when I first had some action that I was involved in. It was around 2000. They just roped you in and then you yeah. just stuck, right? It's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Been around that long. Been around that long. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and you're a part of a leadership team as well at the church being, um, on, being I, on the elder board? Yes. I'm on the uh, community group leadership team. Mm -hmm. I just stayed with that interest uh, mm -hmm. all these times, all these years. And, uh, yeah, I very much enjoy that ministry, and I, I will sell it to you. If you want to know why, go to a community group and join a community group. Absolutely. I will be glad to spend that time doing it. But we're isn't, talking about elders. Yeah, now. isn't it sad to say that you, can't, you need a salesperson to go out there and su suggest that? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing, but uh, the opportunities <laughs> are there, and... and uh, yeah. But most of the church is somehow involved. As the church grows, when you need to continue to get smaller. But yes, we're here to talk about more about the role of what you guys do, mm -hmm. elders, and also deacons. <laughs> Before we dive into that, I see I have my computer and laptop all and iPad ready to roll. You guys just have a Bible in front of you. So I'm excited to, to see what mm -hmm. scripture passage you have cracked open. Before we do that, can you answer this question? Why are we here today? Why Why now? Why Why do I have Mike Thomas and Phil Cabell sitting here to discuss the role of elders and deacons? Uh, well, it's something that we always want to educate the church about mm -hmm. because we all come from different backgrounds, different church backgrounds and such. And so the idea of elders and deacons is not understood uniformly across mm -hmm. different denominations or different churches. So... Here at FBC, at Fellowship Bible Church, we want to be about continually educating what Fellowship Bible Church understands the scriptures to say about these two offices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Phil? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an office that is, we believe, called for in, in the New Testament, right? Yeah. At the very beginning, uh, both Peter and, and uh, Paul, uh, they set up elders in the church, mm -hmm. and they didn't set up just an elder. And often you'll find that in uh, in many evangelical churches where the pastor is the elder mm -hmm. and the church is run with deacons uh, who do the various acts of deacon ministry. But to uh, to draw that in to uh, to perspective, we really see that, that the pluricity of leadership, plurality, I guess mm -hmm. is the word of leadership uh, as elders is important for the church to to understand. And to uh, and to recognize uh, as as yeah. what we believe the word says should be uh, approached. Or yeah. Not. Yeah. So consider this an educational conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, we want mm -hmm. to inform and educate to equip everybody here who attends FBC why elders exist. What's the role? And then let's move on to also deacons. Well, let's dive in. So let's let's start with elders first. Mm -hmm. So I'll turn to either one of you. Walk us through what scripture says of what the role of an elder is. And then I'll just let you guys carry the conversation. You take one, I'll take another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So something that's very passionate to me is I want to make very clear from the start that the church is led by one man. Um, and you kind of touched on it. It's not led by the pastor, no. but it is led by one man. And that mm -hmm. is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd mm -hmm. of the church. It's not a past tense that happened and stopped. Mm -hmm. He hasn't gone away and left, uh, left it to men to figure it out. No, he is actively the head of the church. Right. And we see that in Ephesians chapter four, 
uh, the whole body building itself up to into the head who is Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get that very clear right from the start that the church is led by one man, and that is the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So anyone who aspires to be an elder ought to have that mindset mm. or uh, they really shouldn't be an elder yeah. because we yeah. we are under his authority. He is the chief shepherd and we look to him. And so as a church, we need to understand that as well, mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus Christ is the head of our church, uh, Fellowship Bible Church, and that the elders serve uh, under him sure. and are responsible and accountable to him. You know, following that same thought in Ephesians 4, it talks about uh, the gifts to the church are the pastors and the teachers and evangelists and the apostles and so on. And you wonder, well, then where do elders fit in? Why elders? Um, Each of these has their own giftedness. But the elders have certain qualifications and and it's certainly a, a different purpose uh, in in being there in the church, yeah. and that's where the church early, early church leaders anyway uh, decided that 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 must be under the authority of the Holy Spirit, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They put it in the Word that we must have these. Right. Uh, I think Titus is one that I that I'll pick pick up on, although it's mentioned in several places. Paul wrote to what Titus about it. He wrote to Timothy about it, and uh, in Titus he said, "I left you in Crete to set in order what's lacking." What is lacking there? So they had good teaching. Uh, certainly, the, Titus was probably doing well there and others that uh, are mentioned in the book, uh, in the letter. But he said, I appointed elders and I want you to appoint elders in every city as I commanded you to. If a man is blameless, uh, the, the husband of one wife, uh, as steward of God, uh, not self-willed, not quarrelsome, uh, that would be that kind of a person that you would want. Uh, not given to wine, uh, not, not addicted to substances, not violent, not uh, not a person who who loves evil, but one who loves what's good. These are all the kind of qualifications that that we would look for. But to me, qualifications are the caboose to the whole train mm-hmm. of uh, of becoming an elder or who an elder is. Yeah. We have what we have identified as really five core values: mm-hmm. loving God. Uh, and uh, having a right relationship with him. An elder must have that. Uh, loving loving the truth of the word. Mm-hmm. The elder must know the word well and be able to, to teach it. And that's one of the qualifications. Uh, loving the church. Uh, that That is certainly a, a very important thing. But above that is loving the family. And so if the elder does not have a great love and respect for his family and regard for his family, it'll show up. Mm-hmm. And if he puts ministry first, it'll show up. Now, that's not true about putting God and truth uh, as, the, as a paramount um, qualities uh, to pursue. But the family is more, is more important for any man than the church. However, service to the church requires all of these things to be in place. Yes. And then follows the world. Would you say that? Love the that, world is kind of the fifth. Am I freelancing yeah. too much here? <laughs> no, I think that's great. I mean, you, you talk about the love for the church um, in Acts chapter 20. Um, again, this is a scenario where Paul had called the elders from Ephesus down to meet him in Miletus. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is the last time I'm going to see you. So 
he gives him this mini sermon, but then he says in verse 28, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Mm -hmm. The church, the bride of Christ was purchased by Christ's own blood. That's the value that he places on the church. That should be our attitude as well. If if Jesus had that kind of value, I mean, it's the only thing that was purchased by his blood. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But <laughs> at any rate, the church was. Why shouldn't we have that same attitude? If this, if the church is that valuable to Jesus that he would have died for us, then we should we should be right there with him in the sense of ministering and serving him by caring for the church. And I can also just add what Phil, you were sharing our five core values here at FBC mm-hmm. doesn't supersede scripture. No. What you're suggesting and that to clarify that, that it is scripture yeah. of being a dependent disciple mm-hmm. um, and following Christ wholeheartedly. Those are the attributes that you'll see of you'll be able to be rightly related with those five core values, right. which then sends us to what you call the caboose. These are just some attributes of being hospitable, not being, um, you know, drunk uh, or addicted to wine. My version says not pugnacious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's a word all, I use every day. Yeah. yeah. All, so all of those I things. I like quarrelsome. Quarrelsome, quarrelsome. <laughs> yes, that's easier to say. But yeah, so all those things are almost just like the fruits of the of what a dependent disciple looks like, especially mm-hmm. an elder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are there other scripture passages that we really that you guys look at that are showing us that role in a, of the elder? Well, position? I think one of the things that Mike pointed out was that uh, we are we are under shepherds of the chief shepherd. Uh, in, in Peter, he says, "I exhort the elders who are among you." He is talking about the elders within the church and the various churches that Peter would visit as he went out as the apostle, the apostle Peter. Um, he, be, he wanted to exhort them to shepherd the flock mm. yeah. as Christ mm. shepherded the church and mm. as he served as the over shepherd of even the apostles. Mm. Uh, feed my sheep, Peter was told. And it goes back to, to Christ being the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. He's the one in charge. And then there's elders who he's setting in charge to additionally assist in that role of being a shepherd. We use that term a lot. In, in a church Christianese kind of speak, right. what explain, unpack, what does it mean to shepherd the flock? Well, primarily, or I, I think the, the biggest responsibility is protecting the flock. So, well, protecting them from what? From, from the government? No. <laughs> <laughs> from each other? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of. But mostly, as the scriptures Paul says this often. He says it right here in the Acts passage. Peter says it. John says it. Protect the flock from false teachers, Mm -hmm. from false doctrine. The our enemy is is by his very nature a liar and a deceiver, Mm -hmm. and he hasn't stopped being that, and he hasn't stopped trying to deceive the church into false doctrines, false Mm -hmm. teachings. They even dealt it even before the original apostles had died they were dealing with false false teachers yeah. yeah and so primarily elders are to guard the flock from uh from false doctrines that are always trying to seep its way into hmm. uh, into our uh, church body to uh, deceive the the believers 
Yeah, it's insidious. Satan is the great deceiver. Hmm. And he has ways of bringing in what sounds good and sounds very delicious and palatable, such as forbidden fruit, uh, into the the doctrine of the, of the church if we're not careful. Right. And this can happen. Uh, we have dealt with things in our tenure, yep. such as um, that divorce is a good thing because it mm. might redeem mm. the person who is divorced. Mm. Uh, don't find that in scripture anywhere. Right. It is not a, a biblical truth. Mm. Um, and, and many other, we could just go on about other things we've had to deal with. And these were things that could actually cause harm in the church and division. And uh, mm. protecting the church against these things is you know, very important. Going back to your Titus passage, so you were starting chapter one, verse five. I'll move down to verse nine. It mm -hmm. says part of that continual, you know, uh, explanation characteristics of an elder holding fast the faithful word, yeah. mm -hmm. which is in accordance with the teaching okay. so that he will be able to both exhort in sound doctrine and to refute yes. those who contradict. Yep. Unpack exactly. that a little bit more. I mean, it, that says, speaks what you're talking about right there. Yeah. So there's I mean, the, the craftiness of, of the great deceiver is, should not be underestimated. No. Uh, so much of what, creeps in and, and can be false doctrine sounds so good and and, and it and makes logical sense mm. but it's contrary to the scriptures mm. and so it's not just an easy all the time easy to say well let's be done with that or let's change this or let's go this way or that's that's obviously right um should i use this example well okay in recent history, uh, the phrase that God is love, that's biblical. Mm. The scriptures say that God is love. So therefore, in our society, how do you define love? What is love? And doctrine gets twisted to say that God is um, some expression of love that he's not. Merging the world's version of love mm -hmm. with yes. that idea that God is love. Therefore, all things from the world could be God oh. and God's love. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when you look at the original Greek, God is agape. Mm -hmm. He's not phileo. Mm -hmm. He's not eros. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one other one. I forget what it is. But God is agape. Mm -hmm. And that kind of love is demonstrated in Christ's self-sacrificing on the cross to purchase his church. Yeah. Instead, the, the deceiver in the world wants to use God is love, that phrase, as giving permission to all sorts of sexual immorality that God says he hates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just one example of that's just elders example. attempting to hold fast the word of God. I mean, you can go tons down the road of bunny trails of things oh, yeah. that you guys have seen over the years. <laughs> but yeah. if, if I can turn the conversation briefly, I think I've got, we've got a good handle on what scripture is saying of what the elder looks like. What is the practical outworking of that here at FBC? Um, of how many elders do we have? Oh. You know, you got, for example, you guys have been an elder for a very long time. You know, what are some of the rules that we have then yeah. interpreted from scripture that we apply here at FBC? Well, <laughs> you, you caught me on a on a, a point of order in polity. I think we claim what ten elders at the is the maximum, or is it eight? 
Oh no, it's it might be nine. Might be nine. It's in okay. our gotta bylaws. Have the it's in our bylaws. Right? That's yeah. why I say we you've got me for a while. You've got <laughs> me to at, that a, at a deficit well, of quality. That. <laughs> yes, that's why I have multiple screens up right here. I can okay. pull things up and just keep talking. So, all right, I'll yes. keep talking. Um, <laughs> whatever, however many it is, it's not many. And part of that is because we want to have fruitful discussions. Yes, not yeah. to have one person who dominates, who is able to articulate uh, better than others, and therefore uh, take the floor and not re not re. re uh, relinquish it or re mm -hmm. give it back. Uh, so, yes, discussions, uh, being able to uh, to come together and hear each other's uh, voice as the spirit leads them. And we do believe the spirit does uh, enter into our, our oh, discussions. Okay. Absolutely. We mm -hmm. certainly hope so. We hope so. If not, then... Uh, we ask it to every every time yeah, we get together. We got to tear that page out of the bylaws <laughs> and uh, or you can erase it from your screen and we'll, we'll go from there. But no, we, we do believe that that's that uh, somehow it all comes together that the spirit leads us with good decisions. Yeah. I don't know if... I mean, there, I'm sure someone can go out there and say, I think that was a bad decision. But I don't know of any that, uh, that we regret as bad decisions in the mm -hmm. time I've been here. Yeah, I wouldn't say regret. I mean, certainly we've made changes in different mm -hmm. things, but that could just be a timing thing in the way God has led at different times. We may regret the impact, but yet. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, you, what other kind of practical yeah. outworkings? So you, you've well, got kind of a, a plurality of elders. There's mm -hmm. a, you know. There's a di right. the different interests of the elders. Yeah. The different Three backgrounds. Different. Okay. And I don't think any of us have exactly the same background. We have elders who have been through seminary. Mm -hmm. We have elders who, uh, as, as Mike, has been through uh, Christian training, uh, formal Christian education. We have some that have never had any formal edu Christian education, but they know the word mm -hmm. and they seem to demonstrate a facility with that. Mm -hmm. All of that uh, helps to make for a, a fruitful discussion. Again, mm -hmm. it comes to uh, not one person being able to dominate from their background. Yeah. Right. So I, I have it pulled up here. It says that shall not be less than three elders mm -hmm. and not more than 10. So oh, there's, there's your yeah. parameters. Right. And you have also, a much better memory than yeah. I was going to say nine. And it also <laughs> includes the senior pastor. Yeah. Right. The senior pastor is the only staff member who's by our bylaws can be an elder. Mm -hmm. One thing I did want to point out, <clears throat> we don't we don't vote. That's right. So I just want to make that clear. We don't take votes. We either come to an agreement as a whole mm -hmm. or we say either no or mm -hmm. wait. But if we're make, if we're in the midst of making a decision like calling senior staff or um making a building decision or anything like that, any decisions we 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 have to be in agreement. Mm -hmm. So it's not like Supreme forward. Court, where it's, which is why it doesn't have to be an odd number. I right. guess I was wrong about that. You know, right. so you guys are working as a complete, uh, right, hundred percent agreement. Right. But in the bylaws, it does allow for a dissent. Mm. Okay, uh, not a dissenting vote, but just dissent. Sure. Right. Yeah, you want differences of of opinions. Mm -hmm. How often do you guys meet as an elder board? So recently, it's been twice a month. Um, it in the past few years it had been three times a month mm -hmm. uh, before it was once a week i well, believe yeah, it was once a week so depending on the need and of the time of the church things that are going on mm -hmm. things that need to be decided we may choose to meet more often than than not mm -hmm. okay so right now it's twice but we even had a meeting this past saturday mm -hmm. to throw in an extra one but it's definitely helpful to have those regular meetings. That oh, you guys, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. 
just without getting into the weeds, walk us through what a typical elder meeting looks like. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> what, what do you guys do when you're meeting? And there's a the camaraderie at those meetings, too. We, yeah, have, yeah. we meeting at least that often or you know, at least that twice a month or in an occasional meeting. Otherwise, yeah. we're able to establish a rapport and mm-hmm. a camaraderie, uh, not to the not at the detriment of making wise decisions, but to the appreciation of each other and yeah. understanding of each other. Yeah. Neat. So you're building kind of relationships. There's prayer. Um, we we that goes start off start. Every, oh, every, yeah. every, every meeting with prayer where every elder prays. So it takes usually about half an hour, sometimes mm-hmm. a little more. Mm-hmm. But we want that meeting to be the Holy Spirit's uh, thoughts. And, and we want to be in line with him, get rid of any... Mm-hmm. selfish uh, agendas or whatever. We don't want to bring anything like that into the meeting. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And the few times I've been to elder meetings is as a congregation member, it can be intimidating sometimes. And mm-hmm. so if, if anybody gets called to the elders, trust me, it's not like being called to the principal's office <laughs> where, you know, there's going to be, some, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of times where there's hard conversations to have, but yeah. you know, there's love, there's grace, there's always seeking out what God wants first. So I can speak from the congregation standpoint to appreciate and thank you guys for that, of looking at scripture from that standpoint knowing your role mm-hmm. and not having this heavy hand well yeah so kind of along those lines and the, and then this the structure of the actual meeting we have a we have a chairman on the elder board yeah that gets uh, appointed every year um, to coincide with our fiscal year which begins in September and the chairman is responsible to pull together an agenda for each of the meetings. So he's talking to all of us and and talks with our executive team, which is our senior pastor, our um, uh, executive pastor, and the chairman of the elder board. So the three of them meet on a weekly basis and, and, and also come up with points for the agenda. So he moderates the meeting. We all have input into items that we would like to see on the agenda and so on. We contribute even... Now, outside of the meetings during the week or during the interim time so that when we come to the meetings, we're ready to discuss those points. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's helpful. Well, yeah. yeah. And, you know, just to kind of summarize here before we move on to deacons, um, Phil, you said that you think you've been an elder for maybe uh, 20, 20, 20 21 years. Mike, you as well. So there's no set term it seems Un- unpack kind of how you yeah. see elders come and go over the years and and that's not in the bylaws of saying okay you have a a hard two-year three-year commitment then you're done where how does fbc interpret that yeah well i i think um we've all really had the attitude and 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 fellowship bible church has been a great place to be an elder in a sense. It's not contentious. So it's not like, boy, I can't stand going to an elder meeting because I'm going to have to deal with these people again. No, there is that camaraderie and, and the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace is something that has been maintained through the years. And so it's a real joy to get together with one another, knowing that we're on the same team and under the same commander and you know, on the same purpose. Mm, so yeah. there's a real joy that way. Um, once in a while, we determine 
hey, I may need to take a break. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for family reasons, for whatever, health reasons. Um, so we, we, we do. And that. the longevity yeah. of elders also speaks to the longevity of our pastoral staff and the unity that is there. Yeah. Um, and you, one might challenge it and say, well, you might get in a rut. Well, there's still fresh faces that come along every so often that God leads into being on that right. on that board and you're going to have yeah. that fresh input. But I think as a whole, I can just from my own personal viewpoint, it's helpful to have the longevity instead of just a quick two year, three year commitment. I mean, look at politics. I mean, <laughs> four years in, four years out of a presidency and all of a sudden the country goes one one way or another. Here, we have the consistency of what God has led of the elders to be yeah, in so. the church. I think so. Well, let's turn the page, mm -hmm. if that's okay with you guys. Um, let's move on. I know you had more you wanted to say about elders, but let's talk about deacons um, specifically. And again, let's talk about what does scripture say of what the role of a deacon is? Yeah. Um, first of all, <clears throat> the, the deacon is, again, an office in the New Testament church. Mm -hmm. But the word deacon in Greek simply means servant. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times in, in our translations, the word diakono or whatever form it would be, would be translated as minister. Uh, even yep. the the ministers of Satan, there's one passage, I think it's in Luke, hmm. uh, talks about the ministers of Satan. It's the word diacono. Hmm. So our deacons are not demons. That's not what is the that point I'm why my at. school, Wake Forest, is called a demon deacon? Because that's scriptural? I, no. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll leave that for another conversation. Well, my point is the word deacon um, is is meaning a servant. And the office of deacon which is also listed in 1 Timothy uh, 3, is, is really a ministry and of the body to the, it's a spiritual ministry to the body itself to meet physical needs. Um, we have like a benevolence, we have our benevolence fund, which is led by a team of deacons, uh, benevolence ministry. We have, and really, uh, Dave Compton and the, the pastor of, of congregational care and the people that work with him, Deborah Clark, who, mm -hmm. who um, these are all servants in this kind of ministry of really meeting the, the, uh, the needs of, of the body, uh, prayer, uh, financial help, meals, uh, funerals, um, mm -hmm. and goes well beyond that. But. We have all these deacons, and then we have a few that are hold the office of deacon, um, which which is listed mm. there again in First Timothy three. Mm. Yeah, and and their their qualifications are are really quite similar. Yeah, I mean, they, if you go down the list and compare them, uh, there's some s slight nuances. Uh, uh, one thing is that they need to be honest and uh, and straightforward. And mm -hmm. I don't know that it says that about elders, but I'm sure that that's part of the qualification for an elder. But other than that, their their qualifications are very similar. The office is different. The office is in serving the body and usually in material, as you said, material ways. And the office of elder is uh, to shepherd and to be concerned about the doctrine and the discipline uh, within the body. 
Hmm. We, which we didn't. So you reference First Timothy, First Timothy three, yes. mm-hmm. eight through thirteen, mm-hmm. is where you're going to find that passage. I'm curious because it also uh, says this: these men must also first be tested. You know, so there's an element there that is that there is this servant heart and that they're volunteering. Mm-hmm. Elders aren't getting paid. Deacons aren't getting paid. And yeah. so there is this level of, of a commitment, of loyalty, of value that they're adding and bringing to the church. And then they have this appointing to be a, a yeah. deacon. We haven't said much about how you become a deacon, how you become an elder. Mm. One way is to show that you are serving in a similar capacity as deacon and elder. Being faithful. Faithful that, capacity. Yeah. And faithfully doing so and competently or in co- with competence, I guess you might say, hmm. uh, doing so. Right. Um, so yeah. I, we look for. In Ephesians 4, it says the, the Holy Spirit gifts the church with evangelists, pastor, teachers, administrators and such for mm-hmm. the equipping of the saints mm-hmm. to do the work of ministry. And so as a church... The congregation is supposed to be about the business of doing the work of ministry, community group leaders, Mm. working in children's ministry, all these areas in which they demonstrate and have, in a sense, then proven their their qualifications to be a deacon or Mm. to be an elder. So that's that's kind of what we understand that verse to mean. Mm. They're already involved in ministry and have been for a while. So they they're known. We know them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's the pool of people we want to select from for both right. elders and deacons. And each role is equally. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of watching the flock is that you're shepherding the flock to see mm-hmm. which people are serving faithfully mm-hmm. in a certain giftedness and a certain capacity. Yeah. So here for deacons, you know, there's so many things that a deacon at our church can do. Yes. Yeah. So unpack oh, yeah. kind of like where we stand with I don't even know, and I don't even know if you guys know how many deacons we have uh, off the top of my head. I don't know. So, and they're all having, they all have different gifts. They all have different roles and capacities of what they're looking to do. Uh, Maybe just give some examples. Our only limitation on deacons, they don't meet as a body, but our only limitation on deacons is how many ministries do we have in the church? Mm. And we have many Mm -hmm. ministries for the body. Yes, we do. Um, We don't have that many deacons right now. No. And. Partly, I mean, we used to. Mm. And when the church was very small before this building was built, the deacons <laughs> would take care of the property. Yeah. It was one of their one of their ministries. But um, as we've grown and as, as different needs have come up and as different staff people have come on, the role of and the, mm. the role of deacons that hold the office have um, changed a little bit. Some are needed. We we've. Uh, then create a new role or something. A lot of it really does have to do with congregational care. Mm-hmm. And then the deacons of, um, oh, what's the other side of it? Sorry, senior moment here. Um, the congregational greetings and, and interface. Of, congregational and, engagement. Assimilation. Assimilation. And assimilation. Yes. That's the one I was trying to All those to big words. Yeah. Yeah. So we have deacons that were overlooking over. Uh, seeing the ministries of the greeters and the mm-hmm. uh, ushers and the coffee mm-hmm. uh, yeah. ministry, those those kind of things. And a deacon oversees the benevolence ministry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a, actually, I think there's there's four deacons right now that are are the benevolence team. Mm-hmm. Five. Mm-hmm. And they're all they're all deacons. And we recently um, 
commissioned a deacon, I'd say a few months ago, Mark Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a process that was right. went that went through and he was there on the stage and you guys prayed over him. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen an elder, I guess the most recent elder that was commissioned was Joe Hauser. Yes. Um, maybe a year ago. What What is the typical process as you spot someone and as you start kind of keeping your eyes out there of who these people could be? For either the elder or deacon, what's the typical kind of process of bringing them into the fold? Yeah, that's a good question. And it hasn't been necessarily consistent, but still achieving the same purposes. Um, we've had class, Mark has taught classes on this in years past. So I've attended one uh, for like a semester of these different roles and of elder and deacon and um, so at the end of that, they'd ask, "Would you do you feel God's calling to either of these ministries or other ways in which to have a, a leadership role in the church? Uh, so that's one way we've done it in the past. Specifically yeah. with elders, and more recently, we invite a solid candidate mm-hmm. to come and sit with us and, and view um, an elder meeting for really about a year. I think hmm. we had Joe with us yeah. for a year. Yeah. And then, then we ask him the, the tough question, uh, is God calling you to this? Yeah. Do you desire to be an elder? That's hmm. biblical. Do they desire to be one? Yeah. And again, one of the chief materials that we used in studying the role of elders is Alexander Strzok's book, Biblical Eldership, hmm. where a uh, very good resource. He also has one on deacons, hmm. and in years, recent years, um, we've had a class with deacons, um, specific men who we were asking to consider being deacons, and we would walk through and study that book. Mm-hmm. And so now Dale Zilke was in that class, Michael Wiseman, um, Randy Clark, uh, Joe Rossi, who was and now is off, um, because of other commitments and mm-hmm. and uh, Dave Glenny, mm-hmm. uh, Grover Orndorf, Orndorf, sorry, yeah, sorry Grover, <laughs> um, uh, and I forget the other gentleman at the time. Uh, so we've had oh Larry Martin was in that class. That's right. Too. So but that's you, the way we brought them on. Yeah, and you you shared. <laughs> One statement a little while ago that we don't have many deacons right now. And part of the heart of this conversation is to bring, like we said, an awareness to educate the body of what an elder is and, and what a deacon is. But then the call, the call yeah. to being elder, the call yeah. to being a deacon. So where do we stand right now as a church? Obviously, we you're saying we need some deacons. Um, what are some of those next steps that for being a deacon or an elder. And if you, again, if you feel God's tapping you, but also are there others in the body that can, because well, yeah, we, we will, we will look to see who is serving yeah. and who is doing yeah. well in the leadership positions. When we feel that there's time, that it is time to bring on someone in the future, but, uh, but someone to bring into the grooming process mm. of that. Right. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Mike. Let me make one other comment back from First uh, Timothy three, sure. and and I think this goes to both deacon and to elders, but it, it's specifically written about the deacons. First mm-hmm. Timothy three, 
Um, that verse one, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Bishop being elder. Mm -hmm. He desires a good work. So, again, part of the education and why we even want to do this podcast is, is God, is the Holy Spirit working in, in your heart uh, to say, you know, I think maybe I would want to be a deacon. Maybe I would want to be an elder. Learn more about it. Is God placing that desire in your heart? Because he says right here, that desire is, is, for a, is a good work. Mm -hmm. He desires a good work. Mm -hmm. It's not that the man is necessarily good or it's describing the work. The work is good. The work of an elder is good. The work of a deacon is good. Is God placing that in your heart? And so we would like, you know, if if you know somebody who you think that person would make a good deacon, that person would make a good uh, elder, um, or if God's placing that on your own heart, Please let us know. Um, again, Phil said we we take proactive steps. We're looking. We're mm -hmm. we're uh, evaluating and, and asking pastoral staff. Um, but if God's laying that on your heart and and you study the scriptures and you understand the qualifications, then email us. Mm -hmm. Let us know. Sure. And what's the email for elders is elders, elders at fbcva.org. Org. Yeah. It's a hard one to remember. Plural elders mm -hmm. yes. at fbcva.org. Oh, so that that so you kind of mentioned two components. One, if God is feeling, if you're feeling God is tapping you mm -hmm. on your shoulder to say that is something that I feel God is leading me in that direction, or number two, there could be somebody in the congregation who sees what you're describing yeah. Yeah. in yeah. oh absolutely in someone that is saying they really could be a great elder. It would be it, it wise. Might not even be on your radar. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we have our phones. That's okay. That is telling us that it's almost time to wrap up. But yeah. I also <laughs> really feel that like, so <laughs> you, you guys are a body of elders who are shepherding the church, but you really can only see so much. And so there, there's a component to what is the congregation out there? Um, what do they see in a spiritual man and and how can mm -hmm. and maybe that spiritual man's not going to say raise my hand and say yes this is what i need to do it yeah. takes that right. nomination it takes that nudging and, right. and regaining my composure after all this yes uh it would also be wise to ask that person if they're interested and if they're qualified mm. mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't have to because we do have a a period of time of, of grooming and, and cultivating an interest and, and desire but uh, asking that person if they're qualified might avoid a lot of embarrassment. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that is a great call. Uh, as if you're sitting here and listening to us, watching us in this conversation, I would encourage you to email elders at fbcva.org. Even on our website, on the homepage, there is kind of a, a little scrolling bar. If you scroll down the homepage, there'll be a little picture icon there that says elder deacon nomination. You can go there and submit it that way as well. Um, these are really important topics and I appreciate you guys taking the time to have this conversation with us. I, I just want to leave one final thought, one final statement from each of you guys that is on your heart and on your mind to help summarize this conversation and speak to the congregation. So a friend of mine and I have been studying through the book of Acts and Acts is 
one sermon after another. Peter gave a couple of them, then Stephen, and then Paul gave a number of sermons. And Paul, in one of his sermons, one of his preaching, he says of King David, when King David had served, finished serving his generation, he rested with his fathers. The point there was that he wasn't the Messiah. His descendant, Jesus was. But he made that kind of throwaway comment. When King David was had, had served his generation, well, Phil and I are kind of reaching that point where you know, we may be done serving <laughs> our, our generation. And so, you know, next generation, next generation, we're always looking for. Hmm. God is always raising up that next generation of leaders, which hmm. includes elders and deacons and, hmm. and vocational pastors and, yeah. and all sorts of ministry leaders. Hmm. Phil, what's your final thought? Well, my thought? final thought... Uh, Although James and his epistle uh, warns against being many teachers and so on, and, and really the, the call to teach is part of being an elder uh, and, uh, and teaching in the sense of being uh, a, an example to others is certainly part of the call to be either deacon or elders. Uh, the, this final thought to me is this, the summary that God has laid out what an elder is, what a deacon is. And we can look to scriptures to have that lead us and guide us in how to run a church. Yeah. Mike, I'll go back to your thought that Christ is the head. He is the head. He is the head. He is the one that we are to follow. And and I know that, Phil, your final your thought was that he this is the good shepherd. And we're you guys as elders are called to shepherd the flock. Yeah. I really feel like speaking in the congregation's perspective of an outsider looking in. What you guys do is amazing. Yeah. The cap of what I was trying to say was that, it, that also in James, he says that anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask for it. Mm. And that the wisdom will be given to him, the wisdom mm -hmm. from above. So you can depend on as an elder or a deacon, I believe you can depend on, especially in the when you're working in the official capacity of each, yeah. that God's going to give you the wisdom mm. to do the job. Mm. You, you don't have to be uh, a person who is... A, above all else and above all others in, uh, in your I in love that because yeah you don't have to feel it that you've arrived you don't have to feel you've arrived yeah, yeah God is going to take care of that <laughs> God is in charge and, and I just demonstrated that there you go hey that we're <laughs> we're all human and we rely on Christ so right. thank you guys for being here um, thank, thank you, you guys for watching and yeah. listening at home and again if you have questions or added thoughts about this email that email elders at fbcva.org um, I'm sure any of these men would love to connect with you from that standpoint. And remember also, just if you want to give us feedback on our podcast, share what you your comments are. We're going to continue to have a few more episodes later down these next several weeks. So be on the lookout as we drop new information about what's coming up here at FBC. So <laughs> until you're laughing because it, it, it always changes. You never know. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you never it know. It really does. But until we do chat again, guys, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. 